from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each week, we'll explore the Jewish roots of your Christian faith and nourish those roots with inspirational insights and ancient teachings that are so relevant to our lives today. Let's get started. Shalom and welcome to the podcast as we continue my series on the Shabbat and the many lessons of faith that this holy observance has for Christians and Jews. Today I'm going to focus on one of the most iconic and treasured rituals associated with the Sabbath, the lighting of the Shabbat candles. For me personally, lighting Shabbat candles is one of the most meaningful moments of my week, a time when I feel deeply connected to myself, to my family, to my Jewish roots, and to my God. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the roots for this practice and its importance to the observance of the Sabbath. I'll share some of the basic principal details of how this commandment is fulfilled, as well as the spiritual implications of this ritual and the deep meaning for both Christians and Jews. I want to start by inviting you into a typical scene in my house on a Friday afternoon as Shabbat approaches, and it might not be what you expect. Because Jews are not permitted to prepare, cook, or do anything classified as work on Shabbat, Friday afternoon is often a frantic time when everyone is busy cooking, cleaning, and getting their home and family members ready for the Sabbath. In contrast to the blissful joy and sacred rest of Shabbat, for most families, Friday afternoon is the most hectic time of the entire week. My husband and I have spent a good portion of Friday cooking the three Shabbat meals, setting our table, and cleaning our house from top to bottom. That's what most of our Fridays look like. All four of our kids are rushing around the house trying to get ready by showering and changing into Shabbat clothes and also helping us to prepare the house for the Sabbath. My husband and I take turns getting the seven-year-old into the bathroom and then checking to make sure he has actually bathed himself properly. And all the while, I'm running every few minutes into the kitchen to check if anything is ready to be taken out of the oven and to make sure that nothing has started burning. I have my daughter clear off the table and set the table while my son is unloading and loading the dishwasher. It's very busy. And I know that you can probably relate to that. We're also busy between work and family obligations, exercise, errands, and checking off our never-ending to-do lists, that it can seem almost impossible to find a moment to rest and reconnect. But in the Jewish tradition, if the rest of the week is for doing, Shabbat is simply for being, being with God and being with each other. We've talked about how the word Shabbat literally means to stop, and its rest is God's gift to the world, the reminder that we need to slow down and just be in the moment instead of always trying to accomplish more. The transformation from this crazy race of the week to the otherworldly rest of Shabbat happens in an instant, in a moment. And that moment is the lighting of the Shabbat candles. First, I want to share with you a few practical details of how this ritual is carried out in the Jewish tradition. 
The candles are usually lit 18 minutes before sunset, marking the transition between the regular week and Shabbat. Regardless of what I've managed to get done before sunset, or not get done, once the sun begins to set, I stop everything and surrender to the holiness and rest of Shabbat. While the candles can be lit by anyone, it is one of the few commandments that is usually fulfilled specifically by women on behalf of the entire household. Of course, if there's no woman present, a man is not only allowed to, but obligated to light the Shabbat candles himself and bring the Sabbath into his home. In some cases, young girls also light Shabbat candles. But in most families, this is a ritual reserved for married women, for the mother of the home. When lighting the Shabbat candles, Jewish women circle their hands in front of their faces three times, drawing the light of the Sabbath from the candles into their home and into their heart. Then they cover their eyes and recite a special blessing in Hebrew, officially marking the onset of the Sabbath. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam asher kedishanu b'mitzvotav v'tzivanu l'adlik ner shel Shabbat. Blessed are you, Lord our God, ruler of the universe, who has sanctified us with commandments and commanded us to light the Shabbat candles. According to tradition, most women light two candles, either made of wax or oil. Oftentimes, candlesticks are family heirlooms that have been handed down from generation to generation, from mother to daughter. In my family, my grandmother wanted to pass her candlesticks down to her granddaughters, but she only had two candlesticks, and she was blessed with many grandchildren. So she decided that was going to be her job to provide all of her granddaughters with their own Shabbat candles. So shortly before my wedding, I remember my grandmother taking me to a silver store in Jerusalem, where we both lived at the time. Together, we walked up and down the streets of Jerusalem, and it's something I'll never forget. There were musicians playing on the street. It was a beautiful sunny day and the streets were packed with people. We went in and out of many stores looking at all the candlesticks that they had until I found the two that I was set on that were meant for my home, that we felt represented the light that I wanted to bring into the world and into my household every single week. And now, almost 20 years later, every week when I look at my candlesticks, I'm reminded not only of the connection between heaven and earth, but also of my connection to the generations of my family and how I'm building my children's connection to them and to the divine. Just like the love of my grandmother that she feels for her grandchildren, candlelight is one of the few things that you can give and spread without ever diminishing the source. This reflects our connection to God because he has unlimited blessings to give us. And when the Lord blesses another, he doesn't diminish the blessings that he has to give someone else. There's enough blessings from God to go around to everyone. I have different ways in which I connect to the memory of different family members. When I'm giving charity is when I feel most connected to my father's memory. And when I'm lighting the Shabbat candles is when I most feel connected to the generations that have come before me who have also lit their Shabbat candles. These candlesticks of Shabbat have become one of my most treasured possessions 
because my grandmother bought it for me. And because her grandmother and great-grandmother and great-great-grandmother, they all lit the Shabbat candles at the same time on Friday, bringing in the Sabbath. And one day, I too hope to pass along this beautiful tradition to my own children and grandchildren. By now, you might be wondering, why two candlesticks? What's the significance of that? And I'm going to tell you. Throughout the Bible, including in the Ten Commandments, Jewish people are told to both guard the Sabbath, shamor, and to remember the Sabbath, zachor. These words refer to the two ways in which God commands us to observe Shabbat. You might remember a few weeks ago, my first podcast in this series focused on the significance of those two words. I'll include a link to that podcast in the show notes. And today, I'm going to tell you about how those two words, shamor and zachor, to guard and to remember, relate to the Shabbat candles. Shamor, meaning to guard, refers to all the things that we don't do in order to protect the sanctity of this day, such as refraining from doing work, using electricity, driving a car, and other activities. Zachor, meaning to remember, refers to the special rituals we actively do in order to make Shabbat meaningful and holy such as sanctifying and blessing the day in the Kiddush ceremony, where we bless the wine. We have festive meals and we recite special prayers, blessings, and songs. These two ideas remind us that we bring God's light into the world, both through the things we choose to do and those that we refrain from doing. It's a powerful way to think about the choices that we all make on a daily basis what we choose to do, and what we choose to refrain from doing. When I'm faced with a decision, I try to ask myself this. Would doing or not doing this action bring more of God's light into the world? Does this decision guard my values and traditions? Am I remembering who I am and what God wants of me? I find this to be a really powerful practice of bringing awareness and holiness into my everyday actions. And according to our sages, the two candles also represent shalom bayit, which means peace in the home and the family. These two candles symbolize the husband and the wife. And some families have a custom, like mine, to light one additional candle for each of their children. When I light the six candles in my household, I feel so incredibly grateful for my own family. This is also a special time for prayer, a time when the gates of heaven are open. Like many women around the world, I take this opportunity to thank God one by one for each of the blessings in my life, my children, my husband, and to pray for their protection, their health, their success. And while there are specific prayers written for this moment, there is also a very strong tradition that this is a time to simply speak from the heart, in our own language, with our own desires to God, to compose our own prayers. I pray for the people of Israel, for the people of the world, for the fellowship donors, for the fellowship recipients. I pray for my father's soul in heaven. I pray for my mother. I pray for my sisters and my nieces and nephews. I pray for everything that I want all week long and might not have the space or the time 
to really stop and express those prayers. As I light the Shabbat candles and look at them, that's my time to express everything that I have in my heart. In my family, we also take a moment after lighting the Shabbat candles to share things that we're grateful for from the past week or things that we hope for in the week to come. This is a special time of introspection, centering gratitude and connection that we share as a family. It sets the tone for the rest of the Shabbat. Another practice we follow in my house is that I include my children in the lighting of the candles. I remember visiting a good friend of mine for Shabbat early after I was married. And I remember as she lit the candles, she called all of the kids to stand next to her. She had four. She put her arms around the children and they put their arms around each other. And together, they lit the Shabbat candles and sang the blessing. As I witnessed my friend and her children all hugging one another, singing and blessing each other, I knew that I wanted to do that with my own family one day. And it's a promise that I have kept every week. When we light the Shabbat candles every week, I not only feel a palpable shift of energy, but I also feel deeply connected to my ancient Jewish roots, knowing that for thousands of years, Jewish women have been ushering in the Sabbath with this very same act. I am lighting the candles and saying the same blessing that my mother and grandmother and great-grandmother and so on all said since the time on Mount Sinai that God commanded us to make the Shabbat holy. I really love the following story, and I feel like it beautifully illustrates the importance of candle lighting in Jewish tradition. On January 1st, 2000, the New York Times published a special millennium edition that featured the imaginary news from January 1st, 2100. That's 100 years in the future. At the bottom of the front page, the New York Times printed the Shabbat candle lighting times that it was for New York for that date. The only thing in the entire page that was not made up was the candle lighting times for that page. As the story goes, someone later asked the production manager of the New York Times, an Irish Catholic, why he included the candle lighting times, to which he responded, we don't know what will happen in the year 2100. It is impossible to predict the future, but of one thing you can be certain. In the year 2100, Jewish women will still be lighting the Shabbat candles, and it will be at that time. In a world where everything is changing, and at such a rapid pace, that may seem like a crazy statement. But we have seen throughout history how the Jewish people have always been willing to sacrifice everything in order to keep this sacred commandment. From hidden Jews risking their lives to light Shabbat candles during the Spanish Inquisition, to starving Jewish women during the Holocaust in Auschwitz, making their own makeshift candles out of margarine and threads from their uniforms to light up the darkness of the barracks. There's something about this commandment that has become deeply embedded in what it means to be a Jew in the world, both in the dark world and in the world of freedom. So where does this custom come from, and what is the meaning behind it? According to Jewish tradition, the first woman to light the Shabbat candles was Sarah. 
She would light her candles on Friday evening, and they would miraculously burn all week long, greeting the many guests that visited Abraham and Sarah's tent throughout the week, until she would need to relight them before the next Shabbat. When Sarah passed away and her light left the world, her miraculous Shabbat candles went out as well. According to Jewish tradition, when Isaac met Rebecca and saw that she also lit Shabbat candles that burned all week long, he took it as a sign that she would be his wife and the mother of the Jewish nation. The miraculous Shabbat candles of the biblical matriarchs, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah, also served as a symbol of their own great spiritual light and the strength of their unique souls. The prophet Isaiah gives us more insight into the importance of Shabbat, explaining both how the sanctity of the day is protected and how it is supposed to feel. We read in Isaiah 58, 13 to 14. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find that your heart is joyful in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. When trying to understand the meaning behind Shabbat as a day of delight and honor, the sages concluded that Shabbat must be ushered in with the lighting of the Sabbath candles. When God created the world, the first thing that he did was create light, even before creating the sun, the moon, and the stars. So too, when we want to create a new sacred space each week in order to welcome in the Sabbath, we begin by creating light. While today we can simply flip a switch and turn on the lights, people did not have this luxury in biblical times. How were they supposed to enjoy a festive meal and connect with their families when they were sitting in total darkness? So on one level, the Shabbat candle served a very practical purpose to simply provide physical light so that people could celebrate Shabbat and eat their meal without tripping over each other and spilling their food all over the table. But if that's the case, why do we still light Shabbat candles today when we can just as easily turn on the lights? Of course, we know that candles create a certain ambiance. When a couple wants to have a romantic dinner, or people want to make a festive atmosphere at an event, or someone is trying to create a space of introspection and intimacy, the first thing that they do is put a candle on the table. You see them in decorative centerpieces, spiritual ceremonies, and fancy restaurants. But there's obviously so much more to it than that, than just creating an ambiance. Beyond the practical and emotional impact of physical light from the candles, lighting candles has deep spiritual and ritual symbolism. In addition to lighting Shabbat candles, Jews also light candles at the onset of every festival and to mark the end of Shabbat, as well as holidays, in the Havdalah ceremony. This Havdalah ceremony at the end of Shabbat and holidays is where we light a candle and say another blessing, helping us to transition back into the week from the sanctity of the holy days to our regular lives. 
Jewish tradition also requires lighting candles to remember loved ones on the anniversary of their passing and during the mourning period immediately following their deaths. I want to tell you another story that really epitomizes the transformative power of lighting a candle. There was once a wealthy man with three sons, and he needed to decide which one would take over the family business. He decided to give them a test. He took them into a completely empty room and charged them all with the same task, to completely fill the room. The first called in bulldozers and workmen with all sorts of heavy-duty equipment, and they carted tons of dirt and earth into the room. By the end of the day, it was indeed completely filled to the brim, with dirt. After clearing the room, the second son got to work. He took boxes and filing cabinets full of paperwork, archives, and records and filled the entire room, floor to ceiling, with paper. Again, the room was cleared, and it was the third son's turn. Whereas his brothers had been busy calling and working and moving and carting, he was calm, relaxed, and spent the entire day going about his business as usual. When the night fell, he called his father into the empty, pitch-black room. He pulled out a candle and matches out of his pocket and lit the candle. Instantly, the room was filled with a beautiful, warm glow that stretched out from the candle to every corner of the room. Impressed with his insight and creativity, his father instantly handed over the business to his youngest son. We're often like those three sons. Some people fill their lives with earthly matter, material objects and possessions that clutter their homes and minds. Some spend their entire lives accumulating paper, money, stocks, and shares with imagined value. But do these people truly feel happy and fulfilled just from these items? A person who is truly wise understands that the only way to combat emptiness and darkness is to fill your life with light, the light of spirituality, God, and truth, the light of deep relationships, righteous actions, and meaningful moments. That's not to say that people with clutter and money aren't happy, but it's not that alone that's going to bring them that joy. The same way that physical light brightens our path so that we don't trip and fall, the spiritual light of the Shabbat candles awakens our spiritual awareness and connectivity so that we don't falter in our path throughout the journey of life. In Proverbs 20.27, we read, The human spirit is the lamp of the Lord that sheds light on one's innermost being. Candlelight is compared to the soul of a man and the connection between the infinite and the finite. Underneath all of the physical layers, each one of us is a pure and holy soul, a spark of the infinite flame of God shining in the world through a physical human body. When we light candles, we not only bring physical light into the world, but we kindle and nurture the flame deep inside of us to bring the light of God into our homes and the world at large. To me, this is an incredibly powerful idea. And while lighting Shabbat candles has very clear symbolism, this ritual reminds all of us that we can always be looking, searching inside and out for ways to strengthen our own inner light and bring more of God's light into the world. 
every Friday evening as the sun goes down at the end of another long and busy week of worldly obligations, the Jewish people collectively remind themselves of what is really important in life. For thousands of years, Jewish women have taken this moment to invite divine light into their homes and hearts, into their families and communities, into the world at large. Of course, this value is no less important to the Jewish people than the rest of the world. So let me ask you, how can you, every one of us, Jews and Christians alike, no matter where we are in our faith, apply these teachings to our lives? This week, think about how you can make space for a quiet moment. What rituals or practices can you incorporate into your daily or weekly life to create rest and connection? Do you remember any rituals from your parents or grandparents that even now you can start bringing into your life and home? What can you do that will help prepare your family for worship? How do you fill your home and your life with God's light? I continue to ask myself these questions all the time. And at every stage of life, I come to different answers. I pray that you and your family will be blessed to bring God's light into your home this week and to slow down and refocus on the things that really matter in life. Shavua Tov, my friends. Have a wonderful week from here in the Holy Land. And don't forget to join me next week as we conclude our series on the Sabbath. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.